and Hypochondriacs, the podcast that brings nurse experts, patients, and hypochondriacs together to discuss hot topics in healthcare. And here is your host, Ercilia Pompilio. Have you ever been in a room with your pets and suddenly you start hearing voices in your head, voices like, Hey, don't go out with that guy again. You know, the one that you went out with the other day and who was all freaked out about getting coronavirus. And that's why he didn't want to kiss you. And you look around and it's just your dog there. And you're like, is my dog giving me dating advice or what's going on in my head? Well, that could very well be uh, your dog or cat or whatever pet you may have could be communicating with you telepathically. And before you make an appointment with your therapist, you might just want to hang around and listen to this episode because we have Linda Robertson and she's an animal communicator and she's going to talk about pet telepathy and how pets communicate with us. She's also going to give us some tips on how we as humans can better communicate with our pets Uh, so that we can live a a much better, happier life with them. But before we go into this episode, we need to hear a word from our sponsor, Sequels Revenge. Take a listen to that podcast, and here's a little bit more about it. Sequels. Some of them are good, most of them are bad. But on the Sequels Revenge podcast, we're here to celebrate all things sequels. Host John Coulomb and Bill Posley bring on a guest to talk about their favorite movies, and then we pitch a sequel to it. It's a sequel that nobody asked for, but one that we'd like to see. Then we go away, write the first five pages to the sequel, bring in a table of actors to read it. So if any of this sounds appealing to you, you should download Sequels Revenge podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play stores. Welcome to Nurses and Hypochondriacs, Linda Roberts. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, This is so exciting. And now we met on a Facebook chat group. I've been hanging out on a lot of Facebook chat groups lately, you know, but I've been getting lots of great guests on from Facebook chat groups and I've been meeting so many very interesting people. Uh, That's what I use them for. Uh, Sometimes I end up getting into weird cycles where <laughs> like I get pulled into a little bit of drama. I try not to go there. Uh, but I, I do use it for a purpose to bring people onto the show and to get uh, very interesting topics. Like the one we're talking about right now, which I think is fun and we need more fun with everything going on. So Linda, tell us about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So I am an animal communicator. Um, it's also known as a pet psychic. And so I can hear the voices of the animals or I get sensations or feelings of how they're feeling either emotionally or physically. And then I can communicate that to the humans in their lives. So I'm kind of like an interpreter. (laughs) That is so awesome. So how did you start doing that? How did you I mean, I know for myself, I I have been uh, very intuitive, very empathic ever since I was a kid, you know, and I and I'm was incredibly sensitive, and I still am, uh, you know. So it is it is a a curse, and and also I use it to my advantage. But how did you come about 
with yeah um, actually my my horse who I have in my life right now so I, I his name is Howie and I've had him for 12 years I've been very fortunate to have him um, he is definitely a soulmate of mine but he was getting sick all the time and I had horses growing up and I've had cats and dogs and all that and all the animals responded well to me um, as a child and as a young adult, but I didn't realize I was communicating with them. I didn't realize I was using telepathic abilities to communicate with them. They, they just responded really well to me. And people would ask me, can you help with my horse? Can you help with my dog or my cat? And I'm like, okay. And the animals would just respond. I didn't consciously realize I was doing it until my horse, Howie, he was sick. And so he, um, he had to be taken to the horse hospital a couple times. Vets had to be called. He would get sick four or five times a year, and we just couldn't figure out what was going on with him. And we kept changing things and problem solving. And we were, I was at the point where I'm like, I don't know what else to do. And um, a massage therapist was working on him to try and help him. And she started to do Reiki on him, this energy awesome. modality. Yeah. And I started to see colors change around him. Wow. And that was, that was my first experience with energy healing. And this was, you know, 11 years ago. And so I'm like, what is that? It's working. I got to know what this is because I love him. I, I love my horse. I love I all my horse. I love that. Yeah. You, know, and you want the best for them. Right. So I learned Reiki. And when I was doing Reiki on him, he's, I started to pick up on his voice and his messages. And then even when I was far away um, on a trip, I was probably 1,200 miles away from him. And I, I was just kind of doing a soft, gentle kind of meditation before waking. And all of a sudden, I got, uh, I got his voice and I talked with him. And, and then he shows me this image of a green banana. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> well, is that a green banana? And, and I got the feeling of yes. Yeah, it is. And I'm like, why are you showing me a green banana? And, and I couldn't get the answer why until later that day, a couple hours later, it came to me, oh my gosh, I am communicating with my horse because a month prior to that, the massage therapist had said a green banana would be a gentle treat for his tummy. Aww. And I totally forgot about it. You know, horses usually eat um, carrots and apples and peppermints. And, and so he was really curious about this green banana. Well, you know, it's been 10 years later now, and that's his favorite treat. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So then did he get better? Yeah, from his yeah, he's been he's been better. I with with the energy work and the communication work, I was able to help him. He had colic, which is life threatening to horses. Um, their um, digestive tract gets kind of tangled up and stuff, and it, and it, it scared the heck out of me every time it happened. And I was heartbroken. I was afraid I was going to lose him every time because a lot of people do lose their horses to that. Wow. But now I'm confident that he'll tell me if he's feeling a, a stomach upset before it gets out of hand. And with that, I can do the energy work that I, that I love to do to help to rebalance his system. I love that. And I've done a lot of energy work uh, for many years now. Um, I've done, I've taken Reiki classes. I've done Reiki. I've had it done on me. 
I've taken what's called Healing Touch. I learned that at Scripps uh, here in San Diego. Uh, I was taught by nurses. So a lot of people think that this energy medicine is woo-woo. And it's not. We are all energy. I mean, our heart is pounding, right? And it's creating an energy field, correct? Yeah, absolutely. I think before our physical bodies formed when we were in the womb, we were just a spark of energy. Yes. And then the cells continued to split. And then we formed physically. But first and foremost, we were energy. And that energy is still with us. Yes. And the energy from our animals is so powerful because I know in many hospitals, they use animals in a healing program uh, where, where they have the pet therapy program. So they yeah. will have certain animals that are vetted. They go through a little training program to see if they are good pet therapists. Now, do you know what is actually happening there between these certain specific pets that have been uh, called upon to be healers in a way and, and to be in this situation. Can you talk a little bit about that? I don't have any personal experience with those who are going into the hospital or the hospice environment. Um, but I do know the animals, the thousands of animals I've spoken to in the past 10 years, they, they have incarnated into an animal form this incarnation i believe in reincarnation i believe in that too in past lives sometimes, and all of that yes yeah yeah sometimes we choose to be human sometimes we choose to be animal but our soul family is with us no matter what be it in a human form or an animal form and so oftentimes i find soulmates reincarnate with like myself or with clients in their in animal form and because they, they, you know, especially if you're a healer, if you're a nurse or um, some other healer, you probably have healing in your tribe, in your soul tribe. And so that. you've got those, those healers with you. And so they come to help you um, or to help others. You know, it's just, it's just who we are. It's in our, in our nature. That is Beautiful. I have had some experiences with pet telepathy, and I, I feel it's very, very interesting. Um, let's talk a little bit about telepathy, because now with everything going on, I'm feeling people are much more telepathic. Animals are much more telepathic. I, am I wrong? Or is something going on? Something has shifted, correct? Yeah. Yeah. The planet, the planet has gradually been shifting out of the dark ages and into the, the light times or the golden age. And so with that, veils are being lifted and cleared so we can see or feel things a little more clearly. And it's done on a gradual basis, um, you know, decades centuries it's been going on gradually 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 and then of course you know things opened up more in the 60s and then of course back in 2012 um, the planet is going through a healing and a shift and a change and so i think the awareness that okay i can see or feel things a little more clearly now i'm not masked and i don't have this veil or this cloud um, blocking my view, I can I can tap into you know maybe what you're thinking or what you're feeling, and so I think that helps us to connect with one another. I totally agree. Um, 
it's it's very interesting. A few years ago, I became obsessed with watching Caesar Milan. Okay. And I obsessively watched him and I learned so much. And what he teaches is the pet's not the problem, it's the person. And are, do you find that with your practice that uh, the pet is just trying to say something is wrong with the person or? Sometimes, sometimes it, it really depends on the situation, but for the most part, animals mirror their humans. Yes. That they, that they cohabitate with. So yes, in that sense, yes, he is spot on with that. And, and he's aware of, and you know, Cesar is aware of energy as well. And he talks yes. Um, but it's not a hundred percent. Some, sometimes the animal has an issue, you know, like I had a dog who had bleeding ulcers and wow. he, he stopped eating, which was unheard of for him. Cause he would grab stuff off the counter and off of the table. And they, the humans were really concerned about him when he stopped eating and I connected with him and he had three bleeding ulcers and he showed me an image of those bleeding ulcers. Wow. So they took him to the hospital and sure enough with the ultrasound or I can't remember if it's ultrasound or MRI, um, they were able to see, yep, he's got three bleeding ulcers. So they were able to change the medicines that he was on because he has a chronic illness. And so then he started to eat again and gain weight. And that was about, two years ago. So he's doing wow, excellent. That is awesome. Yeah. So it's situational. Yeah. I have a story, which is, is interesting. So one of my friends, uh, got a new dog one day and she, he, he was a puppy. I think he was nine months old and, uh, she had taken him to doggy training classes twice already. He had been through two classes And she kept saying he's so problematic. I think he was a Husky, I believe. Uh, And I met her uh, for a walk at the Rose Bowl. And it's a a good three-mile walk loop. And um, as soon as I met her, she's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Stay stay away. You know, let me give you a treat so that he knows you're friendly. And and I just was like, okay. And I kind of was following her commands. And and so then I saw if somebody came close to us, the dog would lunge, you know, a, as a protective modality. And she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do with him. I've already taken him to two doggy classes. He just doesn't listen, this and that. So we were walking. And I saw when we were walking together, he was walking in front of her which was very interesting. And usually dogs will walk on the side of you, correct? And, and I don't have any, I've never had dogs. I just obsessively watch Caesar. Like I, I kid you not, I, I, would, I would just binge watch his episodes because I just was so fascinated in how he worked and how he worked with energy and how he worked with dogs and people. So um, she, she gave me his leash because she had to pick up some poop and I just started walking with him. And do you know that dog, immediately started walking on the side of me mm-hmm. and he started walking on the side of me. He knew what to do because of my energy. He knew I was the boss. He knew, you know, I was in charge and he knew he was supposed, he knew where he was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So I just started laughing. And when my friend came over to me and I know her personality, you know, she is a very codependent. She is a very people pleaser and she is, you know, she doesn't know how to set boundaries very well. So 
I went to her and I started laughing. I go, do you know why your dog? And I got this from him. Like I got this message from him. I go, your dog thinks you're a pussy. You know, he thinks you, you are lame that you cannot take care of yourself. So he feels that he needs to protect you all the time, you know, and he needs to do all this. So he knows what to do. He knows his doggy training. He's a smart dog, you know, but it's you, it's your energy. Yes, with behavior concerns, yeah. They, they are there to teach us things. And what a great gift is to teach her boundaries, healthy boundaries for her well-being, not only with the dog, but probably in other areas of yes. her Yes, yes, there was a lot of areas in her life. But that's kind of going back to that social aspect, too, that Caesar was saying that, you know, it, it's not really the dog, it, it is you. And, and, and don't you, do you also teach people that they need to look at all aspects of their life when they're dealing with their dog as well. Um, when it comes up. Yeah. When, when the animal brings it up, you know, cause I, because I work with animals with behavior issues as well as some health issues. Um, it, it depends on, you know, it, the behavior issue, um, you know, being sheltered in the animals had a lot of adjusting to do with the humans being there more frequently and during uh, the pandemic and COVID. Yes. Talk about that. That's very interesting because another thing they're saying is going to be happening is huge anxiety, separation anxiety between the animals and the humans. If the humans go back to work. Yeah. I've seen that with some clients because some clients I, I have are healthcare practitioners. And so they've had to, go back and leave the home space or their, their school teachers or things like that. So, um, so what I, what I did, I actually did a video, it's on my YouTube um, to help you to prepare your, your animal and to communicate with them because they, they do hear us. They do understand our language. They understand the energy of our, our bodies as well as our words because words are energy. And so they, they, they can be prepared for um, you being absent a little bit more. But it's very, it's very telling how people are really realizing, oh my gosh, I, I now know my dog or my cat so much better now because I'm here with them all the time. And I, I know why they're like barking at the postman because, you know, they want out and, and I want out. <laughs> I'm feeling trapped. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, those are all great stories. Also, another thing that um, I wanted to talk about, Lucy, I just lost my train of thought. Like, I was like, where am I going with this? (laughs) But, so, uh, uh, rescues, that's what I wanted to talk about. Rescues, someone wants a dog, they go to the pound, I have done this many times and I have not resonated with anyone. So my thing is even my mother has tried to get me a pet, like a dog and she'll take me to, Oh, this person had a litter and I'll go. And and none of these dogs resonate with me. Can you kind of talk to that? Like what is going on with that? For me, I'm just not ready personally, you know, like I'll take someone in if, if there is a need and and if we match, but personally, for me, I'm like, I don't have the space and I would want my pet to have enough space to be free outside uh, and not very confined. And then I would always want to be with them because I don't want to be thinking like, uh-oh, what are they doing at home? You know, <laughs> like if I'm in clinic for eight to 12 hours a day and I can't go and check on them. So right. 
that is why I personally don't have pets. But can you also talk about like rescues and what sometimes happens there? Yeah, definitely. Well, kudos to you for being self-aware and for setting that boundary um, for for the ease of, of your mind and in concern for the animal. That's 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 wonderful. A lot of people um, don't do that. A lot of people jump, and you know they they they've lost a beloved dog or cat, and they immediately go, "Okay, I got to replace that one. I I need that." Um, I I do find that sometimes is beneficial and sometimes it can be a challenge for both the human and the animal. Um, so being self-aware and knowing when you're ready to bring another soul into your life for a good um, 10 to possibly 20 years, I think, you know, being self-aware is going to help you with that. As far as the rescues, so making a connection with an animal, you look into their eyes, the yes. eyes, the windows uh, to the soul, yes. and you'll you'll know it when you see that particular animal. You know, like I rescued my my kittens; they were up for adoption. The ones that I have here, they're seven years old now. But I went to an adoption event and I just walked into the place and there they were and their eyes were just on me and my eyes were immediately on them. There were other kittens there, other cats there. I didn't even see them. I only focused on the ones that have a strong soul connection with me. And it's that soul connection. Yes. I feel that people find with one another. And, you know, sometimes like, oh my gosh, I've got this story I got to share. So um, um, a dog, dog groomer friend of mine, she, her mom died unexpectedly. They both showed dogs for people and they showed their own dogs, but the mother died unexpectedly at about the age of 40. And so there was this, the, the daughter was about 18 when, when her mom passed away. Um, and that was about eight years ago. And the daughter stayed in touch with me periodically through social media and reached out to do a session with me. And we started to talk and she was talking about how this one dog that she had is very protective and won't leave her side and is just very attached to her. And she's got other dogs in her home. And she's like, why is this one? And she asked me the question and she's not really into the woo woo stuff. So I was very, pleased that she found this out or she felt it her question was is this dog my mom oh and it is oh my gosh (laughs) it is her mom was so thrilled that she recognized that and so then i was able to relay some special uh, bits of information that only the two of them would have and and it was just so comforting to know, oh my gosh, okay, I'm not alone. And, and her, her mom, who is in dog form right now, said, um, I'm not going to leave her. I felt horrible yeah. about dying unexpectedly, and I'm, I'm not going to leave her hanging like that again. Oh, wow. It's almost like having a familiar, like we see in Harry Potter, in a way, uh, where you have that companion yes. and it creates that bond. And in shamanistic uh, journeys, you mm-hmm. do uh, get a power animal 
right? <laughs> you get a, a familiar in a way that helps you on your journeys. Ooh, I'm so getting goosebumps. It helps you on to retrieve those souls. And it's kind of like the same thing, but uh, in the 3D, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and that person is there as kind of like an anchor and as support or that, that dog is there as an anchor or that animal is there as an anchor and support. So, uh, and just knowing that I think just feels really good. Yes. Yeah. And, um, yeah. It, and did it really help her, uh, balance out maybe, um, some grief that she was going through? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. She feels, um, comforted. She feels supported. She doesn't feel abandoned anymore. And that was huge. The, the one thing that her mother kept saying was, I did not abandon her. Oh, wow. I will not abandon her. And I, I think that's a great point that you bring up because uh, when, you know, I, I've always been taught and I do believe that we always have our time. And um, I did take a, uh, a class where we learned about the seven guideposts and that you, you have almost like in storytelling, you have seven exit points in your life, whether you believe that or not. Uh, and, and you can extend your life if you want to, you know, you go back and make a soul contract. My father has personally done this, which is very, very interesting for me. And he's told me he's done this, you know, because uh, a lot of his friends were dying at the age of 82. And it was really weird. And I, I asked him, I was like, did you guys make a soul contract? Like, is there a death pact or this is very weird. You know, your childhood friends that you've been friends with, like all of this time are now dying. Like, are, and he, he told me, he goes, no, I think I'm going to extend, you know, for another, uh, you know, 10 years. And then the other day he told me he's going to extend even more. So it's very, very interesting how you perceive your life and your life path and how our animals uh, help us do that as well. Um, yes. I, I have uh, another story. I have a couple stories. I don't know which one I want to go into. Uh, my friend had this beautiful, beautiful Siamese cat just take, uh, he just started sitting on her stoop, right? And he's beautiful. He doesn't have a tail. I think he's tail. He, he was born that way. I perceived he was born that way. Um, and she had told me that, uh, a pet psychic, cause the cat kept coming and she didn't know why. And I go, you started feeding him. <laughs> and she wasn't just feeding him any old cat food. She was giving him sardines, like good stuff, yeah. like very high end stuff. Yeah. And she has a beautiful place. And I said, well, he looked like a stray. I mean, she was trying to figure out who he belonged to in the neighborhood. Uh, if he had a chip, what his issue was. But a pet psychic did tell her that it was a female. And to me, his face looked male. Like, I got male from him. But I was like, okay, female, I get, you know, we didn't really check. Um, and she was like, oh, because I told her, I go, oh, he's here to protect you because he just sat there. He's like, oh, I'm here to protect. This is my job, you know, because she was feeding him, you know. So I think he felt that he this was his job and I'm just staying here. And he tried, he would try to get into her home. And she was like, I don't want him in my home. And I don't want, and she's like, I don't want, I don't know what to do with him. I go, he's beautiful. Why don't you just keep him? You know, and she's like, I don't want him right now. And, you know, and, 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 uh, and it was interesting when I would open the door, he would stop and not come in. But when she would open the door, he would just try to run in. And I go again, I go, you have boundary issues. You know, so, yeah. Yeah. So, so we later found out she found who the owner was. And what had happened was this owner had adopted dogs. So he was a caretaker to many people 
and pets. So he had acquired these dogs and the poor cat just felt overrun and he decided to leave and find a new home. And, um, and so my friend was like trying to talk to this guy about this cat issue. And she's like, you know, it's your responsibility. I go, it's just a cat. I can't believe all this drama is starting because of this poor little guy, you know, yes, he needs a home, but he seems very happy. You know, (laughs) he's trying to find his home. I go, you started feeding him, you know, and now he wants to be, he wants this as his home. So she stopped feeding him and he ended up finding somewhere else uh, to live. So Mm -hmm. which that another neighbor started feeding him and uh, which was, which is a a very interesting dynamic that happened all for this very beautiful cat, you know, because I was like, I even was like, well, I'll take him, but he didn't want to go with me. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, so so that, that is all very interesting, but do you, can, can, have you seen that happen where there's like this, all this drama going on and it's just a very simple problem? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Sometimes what I find is people aren't ready for maybe some of the lessons that 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 soul, be it human or animal, is going to present to them or show them. I think that's so, very interesting. So they push back. Yes. No, yes. You know what? And that is what my friend was doing. And we had done a shamanic journey on her uh, a couple weeks after. And this is when, um, no, the, we did the shamanic journey when yeah, this cat was taking residence. And so when I had gone there a couple of weeks later, she had learned to put that boundary up. She was just trying to work on it. And, and she, she was kind of struggling through. And that's why she felt she needed to negotiate with the owner and make him responsible. I go, no, no, it's just you need to be responsible. And, yeah. and then it'll figure itself out. You know, you need to create right. your own boundary instead of telling this other person what they need to do. You know, yes. Um, so yeah, so we did a journey on her and we cleared up a lot of soul stuff and um and she was and like i said when i went back the cat was no longer there you know she had kind of it 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 started resolving so it sometimes it is a slow process if someone is just very hesitant and it is a new situation for them yeah it it doesn't feel right right Right. exactly yeah and you've got to honor those feelings you know you got to you've got to honor whether you want to bring um, a new soul into your life you know, as I said, it's a, it's a big commitment. Right. I think it's a big commitment as having a child. And I don't think people realize that when they get a pet, correct? Yes. 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 Yeah. I mean, um, even people who have had animals before, um, if they're replacing the, the void of like a loss of, um, a loved one, be it human or animal, um, sometimes they forget there's a lot of work that goes into getting, the the animal to learn the house rules or learn how to behave on a walk or things like that you know they just want the comfort um that's really interesting they come to me you know five years down the road and they're like um so i'm like 65 and the dog is pulling me on the leash and the dog has you know gotten bigger than when i got her as a puppy and i'm afraid of getting hurt and i'm afraid she's gonna hurt somebody on a walk and you know, she doesn't really listen when I tell her no in the house and all of that. And so that's where I come in and I talk with the dog. Let me get your side of it. And yes, then, two sides um, to every story. Yeah, yeah. And then I let the human know, okay, this is how she's feeling. And um, 
let's negotiate something. So I like to negotiate between both parties. How can we make this work? How can, how can we get this resolved for everyone's highest good? Because I don't just want to bring a message to someone and, and say, well, here, okay, it's for you to figure out. No, I, I want to take it a step further and go deeper and say, okay, this is, this is um, a solution or this is an idea or let's try, you know, doing a different kind of training. I think that's great. It's excellent. I'm going to jump into a story and I, I shared a little bit about this story on the Facebook site about my friend's dog, Raspberry, and she is a German shepherd. I have never been attracted to the German shepherd breed as a kid because I felt that everybody had them and it was just a, it was just boring. You know, everybody has the same, it's just one dog, you know, that everybody was getting. And I think in the seventies and eighties, they were very popular dogs. And I guess because they were being used as canines uh, for the police force, perhaps. So my friends uh, rescued this dog. And at the time they rescued the dog, it was not a good time because their other dog, their um, pit bull, one of their pit bulls was very sick. So he started getting, he started developing these mouth ulcers, uh, which were cancerous. So, um, and then they had another pit bull that was a, growing into puppy age. So now they bring in this rescue that they found in the desert. <laughs> Wow. And so that's why she was going to be on the show today. And, and what my friend was wanting to know was like, like where, who had her before? Because we, we believe that she was in an abusive situation because of how she was acting. She's come a long way because she's been in the household now for a year and a half, almost two years. So she, uh, let me tell you, is an incredibly smart, smart dog. However, she has severe abandonment issues because the other dog has passed. So, uh, the other pit bull has uh, taken over as the um, uh, the head uh, of of the household, and it's very interesting to watch her dynamics because she will always sit in back in in back of him. So she understands her role, which is very interesting. And I think the male and the feminine balances them both out, that energy, which is really cute to watch them together. Uh, and they have a, an amazing um, household that they live on. They live on half an acre. There's a pool. They swim all the time. Uh, there's a tortoise. Uh, we should have you over. It, it's great. It's in it's Cathedral yeah, yeah. City, um, and and the zoo there too. You can go feed the giraffes, which is super cool uh, mm. at a certain time. So it's a very fun animal place. Uh, they also just rescued a pigeon uh, that fell from a tree, and she now follows everybody in the household, which is very interesting. <laughs> you know, they have a lot Amazing. of animal. They have a lot of animal dynamics. So Raspberry, um, so the couple will go on vacation and they will take the pit bull with them, whose name is Frazier, and he's super cute. Uh, they'll take him and they'll leave Raspberry behind. And she has severe separation anxiety. Like I have dogs at her and she'll go sit in the shower. Like she just doesn't want any contact. She gets super depressed, sits in the shower and I, I know when she didn't know me very well, she just was doing that. She was acting out. 
And I was doing everything I could to entertain her, which is, and I learned a lot about myself because I work overdrive then. I'm like, okay, we're going to go on a walk. We're going to go on a hike. We're going to go, we're going to walk down to the cafe. You know, we're going to go to the other cafe and hang out with the other dogs. And we're going to, we're going to go to the 99 cent store. We're going to, you know, like here I am like working overdrive, you know, and it is in Palm Springs and it is a fun animal place to be and take your dog out and be and people are very interactive and very nice and people so many people came up to her and was like my god she's such a beautiful dog she's so beautiful wow look at her she's so beautiful can I pet her and everybody was bestowing all this beauty on her and I never saw that and I was like really so (laughs) I go okay and I, I told my friends I was like you know I got stopped so many times and they don't really take her out. So I go, I couldn't believe how many people came up to us and had to tell her how beautiful she was. It was pretty wild. So then we had gone home and I treated her really great and she had her food and and she was out all day and could have gone to the bathroom outside anytime she wanted. And there was this specific carpet in the kitchen. They have this big chef's kitchen and there was this specific carpet there and I like turned my back for a minute and I came back and all of a sudden there was poop all over the carpet. And I was just furious. And I was just like, raspberry, really? I treated you so good all day long. And this is what you do to me, which is a common theme in my life, by the way. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) It, It was until I started to really, think about it, you know, and it is really boundaries and, 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 and asking the person like, okay, well, what is it that you want? You know, which is my problem. Uh, Cause I always think that people want what I want and that's not always true. So um, I heard her and it was wild. The message I got, and it was so intense and powerful. She's like, I am not mad at you. I am mad at Papa Gary. Exactly. It's not and- your carpet. Yes. And I was like, am am I hearing this right? So then my friend comes and uh, Papa Gary, and I'm like, okay, this is what happened. And he goes, oh, I know. I I, I didn't even finish the story. He knew. He's He's like, oh, yes, I just bought this carpet. And he's an interior designer. I just bought this carpet on eBay. And they know that they are not supposed to be in the kitchen when I'm cooking. You know, and he's a big cook. He's a big chef. Uh, And they know that. And she did that to spite me because she's mad at me because I do not treat her like I treat Frasier. Well, they left her behind. They left her behind. Her family left her behind. Yes. Yeah. And and, um, another pet sitter, she kind of did the same thing. Not on the carpet, but she'll sit and she gets very depressed. And her depression is... Uh, to me, because I'm so empathic, I just was like, Ooh, you're just driving me nuts. You know, <laughs> like I am picking this up, like, Oh my goodness, you know? Uh, and it took her, but when I watch them, when the two dogs are together, we're like, when Frazier's there, it's total opposite. Like they have fun, you know, I take them, they live in the Canyon. So I take them off leash in the desert and they're very well behaved, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I'll put a leash on them. Cause I'm just like, okay, I'm not your owner and I don't know what you're going to do. But people will remark, wow, your dogs are so, wow, how did they do that? I go, well, their owner is very strict with them, you know, and they know 
uh, to follow. And it is also energy as well, you know, and, um, but then we always remember that they are animals. (laughs) So they, sometimes their animal brain may kick in, uh, which there are, I mean, you know, and and you never know what can happen, you know, especially with like the pit bull breed. We're always, um, you know, on guard and stuff. I, I mean, Frazier's an amazing dog. He's an amazing puppy. Like he'll jump into bed. Oh, this dog is, is really fascinating. He'll, you'll be like, do you want to cuddle? He'll jump into bed with you and just start cuddling. He'll kiss you goodnight. He'll go to bed. And then uh, all of a sudden you're at the end of the bed and, and then he's takes the whole bed and you wake up and you just kind of push him. He'll get up and he'll wait for you to get back into your position. And then he'll sit back down. He'll wake up in the morning, he'll kiss you good morning, and then he'll go see his sister. It's just really, it's, I wrote a whole blog about it. It's very fascinating, you know, yeah. and, and just the love. It's like a lot of fun. Oh, but um, yes, but I told you the funny story about the packages. So Raspberry's dad gets a lot of packages. And I always make fun of it. Michael, you love getting packages in the mail. Like he's always ordering stuff on eBay or whatever. So, you know, the dogs are there watching this. So one day I got the weirdest package ever and it was dog treats so I got the first package and it was from another friend and my other friend was trying to send me a book he had written right but instead on his Amazon was these dog treats you know that he always orders and he told me he goes oh yeah those are dog treats I always order for his um, cats he has these big uh, cats and, um, and he's like, well, just give it to the German shepherd that you have in your picture. Cause he really loved German shepherds. And I go, okay. So the first time I just thought that was weird. And I go, when I go back to the desert, I'll take the packages. To them. And then I got another one in the <laughs> and I was like, this is weird. And I told him again, he goes, oh, oh yes, I have to change that. And I keep forgetting, you know? And he's like, just keep it and give it to uh, the the German. And I just started laughing. I go, that dog is so telepathic that she's seen her dad get packaged. And she's like, hey, I want some too. That's right. Oh, yeah. That's right. I swear my cats put their cat food on sale. Like the week that they know I'm going to the store. Every, every time. It, it's on sale and it's only their brand. I'm like, Ooh, good job guys. Good job. <laughs> Wild. I mean, I love just tapping in. So what are some tips that people can do to tap in more with their animals? Have that telepathic communication. Uh, you know, I know you offer classes, which we will put a link onto the show notes so people can take your classes, but tell us uh, some tips. Yeah, definitely. Um, being mindful. So quieting the, the chatter in your mind and being open and in awe of anything in the world around you, because anything is possible. And so if you have that perception or that viewpoint, like a child, like a young child, yes. of, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe the butterfly that's floating about right now is going to come and give me a, spe- a special message. I don't know but I'm, I'm open to it. So be open, um, do mindful things like, um, you know, a a meditation or a a mindful movement. Um, yeah, a shamanic journey. Any of that is all good because it quiets the mind and it changes the brain waves. Yes. You can tap into the spirit and the energy of the world around you. 
So that's probably my number one suggestion. The second thing I suggest is, um, and I talk about this in the introductory course that I've got, is to let go of doubt and fear. Um, huge. Because when you get these messages, you know, as you were saying, what, really? That, that came through? <laughs> yes. Yes, and usually it's that first thing that comes through, that first sensation or that first thought um, is what's accurate. And so don't let the mind twist it and throw doubt into it, but allow it to just flow and just get let it flow. You know, that's the best suggestion I can have. <laughs> I love that. So tell us where people can find you and take your classes. Yeah, definitely. So my website is www.thewhewhispersoflove.com. You can also find me on um, Facebook at Whispers of Love. And um, I'm on Instagram at Whispers of Love One. Excellent. Awesome. Yes, and we'll have all that information on the show notes. So thanks for being on, Linda. This has been so much fun. It's a very enlightening conversation in lieu of whatever is going on in the world nowadays. So excellent. Thank you so much for having me. I really awesome. It. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for listening to our Nurses and Hypochondriacs podcast. We love your support and we love our listeners. If you have some spare change, go ahead and throw some to us on our Venmo at Nurses in Hypocon. Also, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes. We'd love that. And if you'd like to be a guest, go ahead and send us an email at nursesinhypochondriacs at gmail.com.